Hello, and welcome to the Road from Emmaus podcast. I'm Jason Lowe, joined by Andrew Chow, and we are two totally ordinary Catholic guys hoping to share our journeys. Like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, we've each encountered Christ in our lives. Join us as we talk about what comes next. We've got a jam-packed episode on today's podcast as we provide an update on the meeting between Pope Francis and the delegation of Indigenous peoples. Afterwards, I share about what's been going on in my life the last couple months, and we talk about the importance of rest and what it means to link rest to doing our Lord's will. May you have a blessed final week of Lent. So we have a couple news items. Um... Whenever a show or a podcast starts, you like to start with the most important news uh, before getting into the meat of the podcast sometimes. You can call it headliners or, you know, you just want to make sure, you know, usually when people listen to a podcast, uh, I think the statistics show is that, like, it's usually the first few minutes that people listen to for sure. And then after that, it's uh, it tails off, uh, which is probably the case for our, our podcast episodes for sure. <laughs> we already spent 30 seconds, so you're all gone. Exactly. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> There's no point continuing on at this point. Uh, so most important thing. First of all, some of you may have noticed that uh, when we shared our podcast this uh, this time around, uh, there was no YouTube link, um, only the usual Spotify and other podcast or podcatcher links. Uh, we've decided kind of going forward that we're not going to continue with the video podcast. Um, sorry to those of you who really enjoyed like seeing our faces and <laughs> expressions and weird, awkward movements, but uh, and also Andrew and Cherry's aesthetic background. Sorry to those of you who, who are going to miss that, but I think just from a, a, a time perspective and um, just the amount of uh, energy and effort that, that's needed to kind of uh, produce the video side of things, uh, we're just going to go with the audio side going forward. So <clears throat> hopefully none of you are too disappointed for that, but at the same time, thank you for all of you for following along, whether it's on YouTube or whether it's on uh, Spotify or any other podcatcher, your favorite podcatcher, you can continue to find us there as well as on uh, Fountain of Love and Life. All right. Uh, the next most important thing, the second most important thing uh, is uh, actually the most important thing. Uh, we wanted to talk a little bit before getting into our actual episode um, about what happened uh, a few weeks back. So the week of uh, March 28th, I believe, um, the... Uh, indigenous people sent their delegation uh, along with, uh, I think, I believe some of the uh, Canadian Catholic bishops uh, to Rome to have an audience with Pope Francis. Mm-hmm. Um, and they spent the week kind of discussing, obviously, everything that's been going on. You know, Andrew and I, we had our podcast episode um, specifically on, um, you know, the abuses of uh, the residential schools and the Catholic Church's involvement. Um, go and check out that episode, I think, because that's, you know, definitely a very important um, discussion that needs to happen, you know, when talking about the history of the Catholic Church and what it means to be a Catholic, to to understand what happened at the time and kind of our own link to that, even though that was in the history. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of as this has evolved, um, we've been following along. We've had a few other, um, you know, segments on our, on our episodes, just kind of touching in, checking in on the news of what's been going on. And so um, kind of lately, uh, yeah, like I said, a few weeks ago, that that delegation did have their audience with Pope Francis. I think during that week, over multiple days, um, Pope Francis listened to, you know, the stories of survivors, of abuse survivors, of residential school survivors. Um, And I think he was touched, uh, certainly, um, kind of in the news, even, you know, I just looked up a CBC article, right? Not even kind of any kind of Catholic bias or anything. 
Um, but he did give his official and formal apology um, in the words of, um, I'll just I'll just read it verbatim here. For the deplorable conduct of these members of the Catholic Church, I ask for God's forgiveness, and I want to say to you with all my heart, I am very sorry. And I join my brothers, the Canadian bishops, in asking your pardon. So um, I, I think one of the first things in terms of my own reaction is um, I, thank God that we're here. Mm-hmm. Thank God that the delegation made its way because I think originally they had planned to uh, to go over to visit Pope Francis like December 2021, if I remember correctly. Like that, yeah. COVID delayed it as, as it did for everything in life. Um, finally, they made their way. Finally, they were able to share their stories and finally we received the apology. I shouldn't say we in this, in this sense, but uh, the uh, the indigenous peoples received their, their apology. Um, it was a delegation of uh, First Nations, Inuit and Métis people. Um, and so they received the, the apology and... I, I think some of the reaction that I heard that I've read so far is, you know, certainly they're they're grateful that the apology has been made, um, but it's also now is what's next, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and any any initial reactions from you? I think um, I think it's great that this is being taken in a productive way by everyone, right? I think um, it was a little bit bizarre for a while that uh, Pope Francis was being so hesitant to um, hesitant to actually give his apology. Um, I think that that was a little mm-hmm. bit surprising. Um, I suppose it was because I mean, who knows? Right? Who knows? There's no no reason to speculate. Um, so I think that was a little bit bizarre. But now that he has, I, I'm glad that the rhetoric is about all right. Now, what do we do to move forward? Um, both as the Catholic Church and as uh, and as the people of Canada, the Indigenous people as well. Because um, I think all too often people ask for these kinds of things, the the apology comes through, and, and the rhetoric becomes about how it was too late and all those kinds of things, and and not necessarily about moving forward. So I think mm-hmm. that that's a part that I'm really glad about. Um, I saw in that article as well that Pope Francis is planning on visiting Canada. Yes, uh, I think sometime in late July. Um, so that that I think will also be good to. Uh, get some closure to this and, and to move forward um, because I, I think you know with the atrocities that happened it's all about how do we make sure that there is truth exposed that everyone owns up to their actions as a as um as a group as the church and how do we make sure that we are doing our parts to avoid the history uh, repeating itself right? a lot of this um also has to be looked at from a political lens lens mm-hmm. i think which i know nothing about i think i can speak for andrew like he doesn't look too know too much about politics either um but i guess what i've been trying to process is what i guess in politics when a formal apology is made it is kind of a big deal mm-hmm. right like sometimes I'll, I'll i'll think about this and i'm just like okay like it's an apology now what's next which is what we just said um but I think we also need to recognize within the context of politics when when uh, kind of these formal apologies happen, it is supposed to uh, represent kind of a sincere, um, yeah, asking for forgiveness, like Pope Francis said, um, on behalf of the church um, and to, to these indigenous peoples. And it's not just, you know, you and I got into a fight and I'm saying sorry a week later right. kind of thing, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I'm like, you know, I'm stumbling through this response because, again, I'm, I'm myself, I'm not totally knowledgeable about what it means to make a, an apology in the political sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for what it's worth, what, I, what, I, what my understanding is, is that it's supposed to mean something. I, I think it's, um, it's definitely big. Um, and I think with the church... In the church's tradition, too, of like not wanting, 
I'll say it this way: like the church doesn't tend to 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 make steps without having done its due diligence. Right. Yes. So I think that's that's also a piece here that that makes this a big deal is that the church is saying like in all of our in all of our um, weakness, like we made this mistake and we own it, um, and that there's been homework done to say like this is this is what's going on. So mm-hmm. I think it's good. And again, you know, I think everyone's kind of now um, hoping for what's going to come next. And I think there's a lot of positives in that hope, which is great. And finally, just along the same lines of the politics of the thing, um, when you mentioned about how Pope Francis is hoping to visit Canada, I think there's something there as well where it's not just, you know, the indigenous peoples and the Canadian Catholic bishops are sending their delegation to Pope Francis's, you know, backyard. Mm, yeah. There is something to the gesture of Pope Francis wanting to come personally um to to visit canada to kind of witness on on our turf almost you know Mm -hmm. in what what actually happened within the grounds of canada kind of thing so i think there is something representative and symbolic there in in the gesture as well hopefully right now the language is still like it's still tentative it's not actually confirmed but Mm -hmm. um hopefully that's what's going to happen um just a couple months right three months from now so uh we'll see we'll see and we'll we'll stay on that news but uh, constantly keeping these people, constantly keeping this relationship um, and this rec- this journey of reconciliation, uh, I think, in our prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so, you know, we wanted to cover that off um, before before anything else we talked about today. Um, it's definitely, I think, a wonderful story um, and, and certainly something that uh, will should continue to be at the top of all of our minds uh, as Catholics. Um, now, on the topic of stories, that's something I, I want to share today. Um, in terms of what our whole podcast will be about. Um, so last, last time around, I mentioned that, uh, I'd taken on kind of a second time, uh, sorry, a second job part-time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I will warn any of our listeners that, you know, this, hopefully this doesn't become too long of a story or anything, but certainly it, I think it'll help to set up a lot of context. Um, but just a bit of a sharing, I think on my last six to eight weeks mm-hmm. um partially since i started taking on this job um but also just because like i i've also mentioned that right now um during my regular day job it's the busiest time of the year yeah. um and yeah it's definitely been a, a tough time for me i think just you know long hours regular hours are from like i don't know anywhere from nine to six to nine to nine mm-hmm. um for the day job and uh, it's everyone's scrambling. Everyone's on, on fumes basically, yeah. uh, literally actually just a week and a half ago. Um, I'm not usually someone who gets physically ill too much, mm-hmm. uh, fortunately, but you know, just, you know, being tired, whether it's lack of sleep or just not quality sleep yeah. or just like during the day, um, I think my brain and body working into overdrive from, from the stress of the work. Uh, yeah. Like there were a couple days where I actually had to tell, my team that like I, I needed to log off early. I need to take the afternoon because I had a headache. I was dizzy. I was nauseous, kind of that kind of thing, yeah. which is very unusual for me. Um, so for, for the stress to manifest itself, uh, physically, I think that was, you know, a big warning sign for mm-hmm. me just of, again, that was last week. So uh, probably just the last six weeks, just catching up to me kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's a lot of things going on, like just at work. I don't need to get into too much detail, but you know, things like, you know, half of my team quitting and having to backfill that. Sure. Um, and then, and then on the, on the, the side of the part-time job uh, at St. Paul's, like I mentioned last week, just a lot of the cleanup work and, yeah. and, uh, a lot of, you know, right now we're in April, um, and 2021 was supposed was expected to be closed end of January. Yeah. And so I, I finally ended up pretty much closing it last week. So like mm-hmm. early April 
And yeah, like I think the stress of, you know, the deadline uh, having been like three months overdue, essentially, um, that was kind of getting to me as well. So just a lot of these things where ultimately this is this is kind of what our podcast episode is going to get to. Um, I think that really had an impact that has had an impact. I'm still going through it, to be honest, mm-hmm. on the rest of my life, as I'm sure anyone can imagine anyone can relate to like, you know, we've all kind of gone through these kinds of stresses, whether it's work or, or personal things yeah. going on. Um, but for me, the the biggest reflection that I've been having the last couple of weeks is just, uh, I mean, first and foremost, just not having had time, um, the usual amount of time, I suppose, for, for prayer life. Yeah. Uh, for Lent, I don't remember if we got into this or not, um, but for Lent, I think we did. My Part of my commitment was Let's to see. do morning prayer and night yeah. prayer every day. Thankfully, I have been able to keep to that. Um, but I, I've just been realizing that Throughout the day, I guess between when I wake up, so like let's call it 8 a.m. to when I go to bed, let's call it 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. Like I literally don't spare a thought to the Lord, essentially. Yeah. Like not that, don't call me the most pious person either. Like, you know, on a normal workload, it's not like sure. I'm you know, <laughs> praying at 12 p.m. the Angelus and 6 p.m. evening prayer or whatever. Yeah. I'm not like that. But, you know, sometimes I'll be like, hey, God, that was nice. Like just a, sure. a quick moment. But lately I haven't even been sparing a thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually went to confession yesterday and that was basically the meat of my confession is, you know, I haven't been able to spend any time at, at all in, in, in prayer that I, that I wanted to. So that's the first thing. And then just in terms of me being present to those around me. Um, so whether it's to Jen, um, like literally she's just been coming over, she's been leaving food, mm-hmm. um, and I'm barely able to say hi to her kind of, mm-hmm. and then she, she's out and back to her own place kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want that in my life like I don't want I don't want that to be my relationship with her um and then definitely you know my friends like yourself I Mm. haven't been messaging as much and you know all of those things just I think that's been weighing down on me lately yeah um and so today I think what we want to delve into is the idea of rest what does it mean to rest what does it mean to um be able to take time um, in the way that Lord that the Lord wants us to mm. um, and to rest. But before we kind of di- dive into those things, I wanted you to be able to actually say something. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, I, I think, um, th- first of all, thank you for sharing um, both to me and to, to everyone listening. I think it's one of the big things uh, is to know that it's okay to be in these situations. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think a lot of the times, and this was part of last episode that we talked about too, when is when you realize that you've been in, like, uh, down in the dumps isn't the right way to put it, but you've been in a downswing yep. of things, is to for kind sure. of beat up on yourself for it as well. Um, and I think, you know, the fact that you're bringing up in a confession, the fact that you're recognizing it and, and kind of turning it around, like, mm-hmm. that's huge. And, and being in those moments, like, um, if there's anything that I've learned in the journey that I've had uh, over, you know, my... my Catholic life, I guess, if you will, and more recently, these last couple of years, when I've started paying more attention to uh, my my Catholic life and, and kind of living the Christian life, mm-hmm. is that these moments like really don't happen by accident. Um, God's always trying to show us something, and, mm-hmm. and I think that's a piece that that has really resonated with me. Um, so I've been going through something similar, but maybe a little bit less um, exaggerated sure. as compared to you. Um, but with work, like there's been a lot more uh, workload on me, a lot more stress recently as well. Um, it's funny, I've been even sharing with some coworkers that 
uh, people like you, my friends who I've had around me for, for a number of years, especially Gabby, who's on the podcast, like <laughs> I'm known <laughs> for being the person who doesn't get stressed out to the point where it pisses off some people right. that I'm not stressed out enough. Mm-hmm. And I've been getting stressed, right? So I think, you know, it's, um, yeah, like in some senses, and this is the lesson that I learned uh, at one point when things were getting a little bit more dry was... Um, a big lesson that I learned was to get out of my mindset of the way prayer ought to be. And that's something that kind of really, I guess, rose to the surface as you were sharing is when you were saying things like, Oh, I haven't been taking time to spend Mm -hmm. with the Lord. I think, I think that the mistake is thinking that that means that you weren't spending time with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's like sometimes it's not always the way we want to, uh, but it's God being present with us in those moments of suffering and like kind of seeing what that was like. Mm -hmm. So um, the reason why I bring this up is when we talk about the spiritual life, one of the big things that comes up is um, that you hear about the saints and the way that they have moved to a state of prayer where like they don't need to say this, do the sign of the cross. It's just right in their living life. Yep. They're always just know that God's there and like life is the prayer, you know, and I feel like that's kind of really what we're shooting for. Um, so yeah, these moments are going to be stressful, but like, that doesn't mean you're not praying, I guess, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I totally agree. And that, that's actually part of the reflection is mm. like, because I know that that's the answer, quote unquote. Mm. Um, and even with that knowledge, it's kind of like, I haven't even been doing that, Yeah, which is, which is very much the, the thing that I've been struggling with. Right. And cause like we've talked about it on our podcast before, sure. right. I, I know that I don't need to physically make the sign of the cross to yeah. be in a state of prayer. Um, and yet, despite that, I haven't been doing that mm. as I think kind of the reflection that I've been having. Sure. Um, and yeah, and I think, you know, just kind of going back to the topic of rest, it's trying to understand, you know, what does that rest represent for each yeah. of us? Right. Because, uh, like I've, I'm certain I've shared on the podcast before, but one of my, uh, most common, uh, sins within my entire life has been the sin of sloth, mm. the sin of laziness. And so. For me, it's actually, I need to push against that instinct sometimes yeah. to not lounge around too much, to not be scrolling on my phone too much kind sure. of thing. Yeah. Um, but suddenly I'm on this other end of the spectrum way mm-hmm. too much, right? And it's always about finding that balance and navigating that balance um, where sometimes I, am I finding excuses to be busy, right? Sure. And so if I take the example of work, I mean, usually that's not the case. Certainly right now during the most busy time of the season, there's seems to be like an unending amount of stuff to do, but I think there's an importance to actually discerning, Hey, like you're, you've already been working until 6 PM. Yeah. Um, which is later than what you're supposed to be working. You still need to take brand out for a walk. Yeah. You still need to make yourself a meal, which I, it's funny. Like if we look at my expenses over the last two months compared to like four months ago, my, my groceries category will probably have dropped, mm. but my like outdoor food, yeah. category takeout will probably have increased by quite a bit yeah i i've basically been cooking for myself like like two or three times less than usual sure. i think um so yeah like I, you still need to cook um you need to make time for jen you need to but all of that like it just gets washed away yeah um and so certainly you also need to make time for prayer um and i think also making time to just chill and decompress yeah there there is something to that and i think uh kind of the goal of our episode here if i haven't made it clear enough already is how do you how do you link um and maybe this is the question i'll ask you off the top here Mm. is like how do you link chilling and decompressing to also spending time with the lord 
Yeah, that's an interesting question. I, I think um, for me, it's a lot less of in the moment thinking, and mm-hmm. it's a lot more of um, learning about the ebbs and the flows. Or, I what's the best way for me to say this is like, you know. In life, like, we have a regular cadence of breathing, right? Like, we breathe in, we breathe, we breathe out, we don't really think about it. Mm-hmm. In the same way, I think life ought to have that same cadence of, like, kind of going through the paces of the different things. And I think that when we do that properly, God is with us, right? So it's it's kind of, um, I think that when I'm spending time decompressing, I'm not necessarily spending that time to, like, specifically say, like, oh, this is time that I'm spending for you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But... What I know is that the graces that I'm receiving in that moment are directly from him. Yes. And so I think, you know, um, it's actually interesting. Like when you were sharing about going from laziness to overactivity and kind of that balance, um, I think that that's one of the ways that this interpretation of the sin of sloth takes us to. Right. Is thinking of it as right. laziness, right? Because then the question is, am I active enough or, or am I being too inactive? Whereas I think really, um, if you look at the the um, virtue on the other side of it, it's always pre- it's no diligence, right. right? And diligence really is doing the thing that you ought to do, yeah. Not how much are you doing; it's what ought you be doing. Good point. Yeah. And in some cases, that is rest. So that that's kind of the piece for me, right? Is that um, you know, with my work, I'm fairly strict with myself about cutting off at five, if not six, every day. Yeah. Um, and making sure that it's just an exception when I work overtime as opposed to the common thing. Yeah. And it's important that I do that so so that I'm able to balance my life on the one hand. But also, the thing with work, and I hope my boss doesn't listen to this, but um, is that if my work doesn't get done today, no one's going to die. Right. right? And like, yeah. that's the really important lesson is that like it's kind of also an exercise in humility, mm-hmm. right? It's like getting over yourself. Like your work isn't that important yeah. kind of a thing, right? Like you're, <laughs> you're a cog in the wheel. And if you don't do it, someone else will move on, yeah. you know? And I think that it's kind of recognizing that and then getting to, well, am I not how active am I, but how diligent am I with my time? I think that goes a long way to seeing like, and it's that um, it's that activity that we did when we joined uh, the the committee committee for uh, GT, right, 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 which is basically breaking down your life, looking at if your if your day is a pie, how many slice, how much of each slice goes to what, and like is that a picture that you want to have? Mm-hmm. I think it's that. Like, how frequently are you assessing how you're splitting up your overall time, rather than necessarily like how much activity do you have in your day? The part about how like the work that I do is not leading to any lives being lost yeah. is very relevant to me because that's definitely one thing that has been that I've been trying to keep myself grounded with is I'm not Jen who is a nurse mm. who it literally does this kind of stuff where if she um, you know if she doesn't go to work or if she takes a shift off or or something like that like there could depending on the patient there could be dire consequences right yeah. um, so. It's been helpful because I think, you know, my director has basically said the same thing as well. You know, we're not working in a hospital. It's like we can, we'll always find a way kind of thing. Yeah. I'm grateful for that. Um, but yeah, the, the part about, uh, I think understanding the flip side of sloth is, you know, you need to do what you ought to do in that moment. And sometimes that is resting. Actually, mm-hmm. maybe many times that is resting. Um, is something I think I probably need to internalize. And I, I appreciate that you bring that up because, 
yeah, like it's it's almost the it's it's almost understanding that the Lord wants you to do certain things in certain moments. Exactly. Sacrament of the present moment. Yeah. Well, we, we we've talked about that before, um, and that the Lord doesn't want me probably to be working anywhere from you know ten to twelve hours a day. Yeah. Right. And the Lord wants me to spend that time in other ways, in prayer, being present to Jen, being present to the people in my life. Totally. Um, so yeah, uh, I, li- I'm literally just thinking about that as, I, as I'm talking <laughs> about it, which is why I'm, I'm kind of speaking more slowly, but it, it's definitely, I think it also comes down to making choices mm. because there's so many different things at play here where like, you know, I'm sure anyone that knows me will already understand this, but just in case you don't like, it's not like I'm working late because I'm gunning to be promoted or I'm gunning for a raise or anything like that. It's not what drives me. I don't really care about that stuff too much, but what, what kind of drives me to work late is not wanting to let the team down. For example, like me not working late because like the entire team is working late, right? So me not working late means that there's going to be some kind of negative consequence on someone else who has to pick up that work. So that's definitely part of the equation for me. Yeah. But at the same time, um, you, you ultimately still have to make that choice, right? Mm-hmm. Because as as nice as you know, as nice as that thought is, right? I'm a team player and all that. Ultimately, we live in a life where we're all limited by the fact that everything has a trade off. Yeah, everything has a cost. Everything has an opportunity cost. And so, if the trade off is that you know my relationship with Jen is affected, if yeah. the trade off is that my relationship with the Lord is affected, am I really sure that that's actually worth it? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. And I think, you know, there's a piece here that really interestingly, um, you know, they say that pride is the root of all sin, right? Mm -hmm. And I think like the question that we need to ask ourselves when we're in these situations is like, where is the pride? So if the pride isn't in building up my career, where is that pride? And I think, you know, there there are many answers, right? And Mm -hmm. I don't know your situation, Mm -hmm. but I think if I think about myself and, and the situations where I might end up doing more than I need to, sometimes it's that, you know, I have the answers and other people don't. Yeah. Right. And it's like, all right, like how special are you really, Andrew? Um, or also um, going into things like is doing more work really the best answer? You know, like I know yeah. now that I'm in a management position, in some senses, like we ought to hold management accountable. So yeah. like if there's too much work for the individuals, then bring in more people so that the work is distributed to, to something that's reasonable. Yeah. And then from that perspective, you know, Purely from a professional sense, doing more work is letting your boss off the hook for them to yeah, do their job, agreed, right? Agreed. So, like, lots of little things here, but really, individually, it's, it's you know, if I'm in a state that has sin, like, where is the pride? I think that's a really prudent way to look at, you know, how then do I get myself to a more humble state, right? Where it's like, okay, I really maybe shouldn't be the one who decides on my schedule in that same way. Maybe I should be more discerning to that, right? What ought to be my schedule? And then like, Lord, that's really difficult. If you don't see how that's supposed to work out, same thing I said last week, if you don't know what the path forward is, it's a really good place to bring to prayer. And be like, Lord, like, as far as I can tell, I need 36 hours in a day. So like, <laughs> please help. <laughs> you know, like, um, what am I missing here? Yeah. What are you to cut out? And then he'll make it clear, you know? But the question is, are you asking that question? Are we asking that question of, hey, like, what am I supposed to do with this? Like, this is my best assessment. Clearly, I'm missing something. And then let go of that pride, go into this place of humility of asking, like, what is it? Well, I'm grateful you asked that question of where is the pride? Because I can immediately answer it, knowing kind of my own personality and tendencies. 
the pride for me is definitely um, feeling like I'm the per- well, you already touched on it for yourself, but feeling like I'm the person to be relied on because I am that person on the team. Yeah. Uh, people do come to me. People look to me for help. People uh, ask me to fill in the gaps. That's mm-hmm. definitely a major part of my role. Um, and I like that. I like doing that just in normal everyday life, let alone yeah. in my job. And so I know that that is basically a point of pride for me. So I'm glad you brought that up as well. Uh, for anyone listening, basically, you should just ask Andrew to be a spiritual <laughs> director, I think, is is a takeaway here. Uh, but no, I think that's a good point, right? Um, you know, whether it's reinforcing the fact that, like, um, all of this work actually shouldn't be done uh, within the time restriction that we've mm-hmm. been given, like you said, or whether it's for me because it's a feel-good situation for me. Um, I think those are definitely things to be discerned, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, good takeaways for me, I, I would say. I think just kind of going back to, um, you know, different methods of rest, yeah. right? So, like, I don't know if you have a particular way that you like to decompress. Lately, for me, like, just as much as just um, sitting on my couch, mm-hmm. and I, it could be staring at a blank TV for all I care. Like, yeah. for me, that's already good enough because of just how much has been going on for me. Um, but even what we talked about earlier of, uh, trying to link rest and decompressing and chilling to spending time with the Lord, I think a lot of the time it can be confusing or sorry, it can be misleading where maybe you think, for example, praying or ministry work is kind of rest. Mm. And for some people, I'm sure that can be. But for me, I can definitely tell you my quote unquote ministry work now of doing St. Paul's work, like bookkeeping, that's, that doesn't, that doesn't fall under rest for me, right? That, that's adding to my stress, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I guess kind of the call out here for me or the note is like, let's not let, if you are in a situation where, you know, let's say you're really involved in ministry or you have a very active prayer life, if you start discerning that this is actually kind of causing you more stress, um, I think maybe you need to maybe, take a little bit of a break from that even um and find some other kind of rest yeah a, a thousand percent it's it's um it's funny because this in particular has come up for me recently um in that there was a piece of ministry that you and i were working on actually that i was kind of more spearheading in terms of us opening up right. a new form of ministry it kind of fell off the rails a little bit at one point when i started getting a little bit busier and i kept telling myself i ought to get back to it I ought to get back to it and i never have yet um that's not to say it never will happen but what i realized very fairly recently in a spiritual direction uh session with my spiritual director Mm -hmm. was that it's actually really good that that didn't pick back up again because that was an area of pride for me that andrew's always leading ministry that i'm that i'm affecting you know conversions or whatever it was and that was turning away from looking towards the lord and turning into like look at me Mm -hmm. and so in that moment it was just that I had grown out of the ministries that I knew of. So I was trying to build a new framework for me to do that same thing for yeah. myself. Right. 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 So it was really, really good for me that it kind of didn't happen in that moment. Mm. It will probably happen at some point when it makes sense because the gap that we identified is a real gap. But in that moment, it wasn't good. So I, I know we've brought up this book a few times, but the soul of the apostle, <laughs> literally, this is like the entire reason for the book. Mm-hmm. Is um, for priests primarily, but for anyone who's in this situation, right? It talks about how do you properly feed a ministerial life? How do you properly feed it so that you won't burn out? Mm -hmm. Um, How do you know how much is too much, when to retreat, when to do more? And those kinds of questions, like that's really what it's going at. So 
book recommendation. The only book that I clearly recommend ever uh, is Soul of the Apostle there. Well, that's how special it is. It's literally the only book. Um, and I mean, I think it's easy to, uh, you know, not, not to be too Sunday school teacher or anything, but as a reminder, uh, the Lord had a day of rest as well. Yeah. Um, I think that's the easy kind of reminder here where by, by setting himself a day of rest, he's telling all of us that we need to make time for rest as well. Yeah. Um, and that's the whole idea of the Sabbath. That's the whole idea of, you know, us not working on Sundays and yeah. everything. I, I certainly know people who have had the question before, and I don't know if you have the answer or not, but the question of like, how seriously are we supposed to take this? Right. How seriously mm. nowadays, you know, now tw- 2022 is very much different from, you know, the 1800s, let alone the first couple centuries or, you know, B- BC or whatever. Um, like, what is the day of rest supposed to really represent? Because is it okay for us to go out and do groceries? Yeah. Is it okay for us to go out and run various errands? Is it okay for me to do ministry work? Because a lot of the time church stuff is oriented around Sundays. Yeah. Is that okay? Does that count as working on the day of rest? Um, I don't, do you have a take on this or anything? Or? I have a take, but I don't have an official answer or anything yeah. like that. So I haven't dove into this. I call it a take for a reason. So <laughs> people can take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's important not to plan work hmm. on Sunday, but I think if things happen, they happen, right? So I think it's I think it's unreasonable to expect anyone to say um, if any work arises that needs to happen, like like if my basement's flooded, like oh, but it's Sunday, you know, <laughs> you know, like I think that's a little bit silly. Um, but I think it is. There is something to be said about not planning work on Sunday. Sure. Um, so if you have particular chores to be done, planning those on Saturday. If there are errands you need to be run, planning those on Saturday. I think if any of us are realistic, then that's something that's doable. Um, and so kind of the point is to actually spend some level of priority on the Lord, mm-hmm. right? So I think like what ends up happening with Sunday is, um, and this is the part that gets sad, is when we let work be planned on Sunday, then it also turns into, well, let me schedule a mass that's out of the way for work. right? And that, I think really shows your priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, so flipping that around, right? So if something needs to happen, it needs to happen, right? But it shouldn't be the priority on the Sunday, mm-hmm. you know? I think that's really where it sits for me. Yeah, and I think as with anything with these kinds of questions is there is a little bit of gray area. There's a very much a judgment call. And I like the way that you put it. Like, I guess you and I are pretty much aligned. I know other people may not be as aligned. Some people mm-hmm. are literally like, yeah, very traditionally strict, uh, which is which is fine. Um, but just like only allowing Sunday for time with family, time with friends mm-hmm. um, as, as kind of your form of rest. Um and like I said, that's fine. Um, but certainly, I think the way you put it of like not planning work, mm-hmm. at least that way you are kind of making that effort, um, that initiation of saying, you know, Lord, I am trying to leave this time um, for right. the, for what you intended it to be. It's the same way, I think. If you think of just any extracurricular activity that you might have, if it has to happen during work hours, I'll take time off work. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to do my best to not plan it during work hours. Sure, yeah. Same kind of deal, right? If it has to happen on Sunday, it has to happen on Sunday. But don't make your way of saying like, well, Sunday's my open day, so let me plan everything on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, I, I realized that you asked a question that I never answered. Um, is like, how do I rest? I was going to um, go back to that. Yeah. I, well, because I basically changed it into like a second question. So it's, <laughs> it's my all, fault, really. No, no, no. Um, and I think the, for me, um, I've, I've started trying to balance things a little bit um, in a few different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that has come up the most fairly recently is physical activity okay. as a form of rest. Um, and it, what I mean by that, as counterintuitive as counterintuitive as that might sound, 
is that it really goes to the diligence point of like making sure my life is balanced. And the area of my life that tends to be lacking the most is physical activity. Mm. Um, ever since basically school, like it's just like, how, where do you find time for it? Mm. So making time for it. Um, this particularly came out because of my personal struggles with sins of lust, where um, anyone who spent any time kind of, I guess, um, struggling with a sin, mm-hmm. if you talk to uh, a, um, I'll say, responsible priest, is like they'll, they'll basically, they'll tell you that like this is typically a sin that comes from not having the right channels for physical activity for that kind of output. So me finding that has been a really big part of it. And how can, so for myself, cycling is my big thing that I'm really excited it's getting warm again so I can go cycling. Yeah. Is how does that, become time with the lord i think it's literally just starting and stopping with saying like at the beginning lord i'm gonna go cycling please come with me yeah cool. and you just go and then an hour later you finish like lord that was a great ride done cool you know like yeah. that doesn't have to be like i'm not reciting a rosary <laughs> while i bike like it doesn't have to be that it can be it if can that's be. what you want right but um I just I only say this because I think for some people they think of like I have my activities that I enjoy but Jason and Andrew is saying it needs to be with the Lord like how how is I don't know whatever people do these days with the Lord how is TikToking TikToking with the right, Lord right right and it's like you know what like it can be just invite him bring him with you mm-hmm. and then it is it doesn't have to be prayer all the way through yeah it doesn't have to be ministry straight up all the way through no. like you said yeah no I for me it's um, like I said, right now I'll take anything, mm-hmm. <laughs> just sitting down kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually it's uh, it can be watching sports, um, yeah. playing sports, uh, which is starting up again in, in the summer, which is nice. Um, and then I, I think for a lot of people, or for some people that I know, it can be like reading. Yeah. But I think what I want to point out here is uh, sometimes when we are seeking to answer the question of how do we rest, most of the time uh, those first few things that we list are things that we do mm. um and which is fine right like so whether it's cycling whether it's reading or painting or playing sports all of those things are can be considered rest um but if you're someone where you actually literally just prefer to just sit on the couch or sit on your balcony and sure. watch people go or something and just some kind of um activity where you aren't actually doing something like that's totally okay too yeah. um you don't have to be doing something to be resting, yeah. right? That's actually kind of counterintuitive, which is what you pointed out earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, resting is a state of being, mm-hmm. right? And so it, it is totally acceptable for you to not be doing anything. It's totally acceptable for you to to be doing something as long as you feel like you are able to kind of, you know, like, I, like I've been saying, decompress and kind of reset yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a quick reminder there in case anyone is kind of like, oh, shoot, I, maybe I should be resting by doing stuff. Um, sometimes the struggle is understanding that the Lord doesn't always want you to do stuff. Right. Um, so yeah, no, I, I hope this has been kind of a, a helpful episode when it comes to, I think a lot of practical points, Mm -hmm. uh, you and I have been sharing about. Um, but at the same time, linking, linking the things that you do during the day, whether they are things that you are actually doing or whether they are moments of rest linking those things to the Lord is, can be just as simple as saying, Hey Lord, um, you and I, you've said this before, Hey Lord, come with. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I think that might be kind of the nutshell of our yeah. episode. Um, is there anything else you want to cover or share? I think, um, the, the last thing I'll say is if anyone isn't sure what it's like to rest with the Lord, um, there's a really actually direct way to practice this. And it's, uh, it's very short and it's the examine prayer. So, 
Uh, we've talked about the exam period before as an evening exam, and there's you know million of them, a million versions of this if you Google it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an Ignatian prayer. Um, but one of the things I think we brought up before was that the point of the exam prayer isn't necessarily to do the paces of the exam prayer, but it's to rest in the Lord at the end of the day. It's always resting in the Lord at the end of the day. So whether you're able to only give thanks and that's just your whole exam in the evening, or if it's just about, oh my goodness, Lord, like these are the things I did that were awful mm-hmm. or anywhere in between. All of those are beautiful examples of resting in the Lord. So if you're not sure what this is like, practice it every evening, five minutes. Just, hey God, let's look at my day. And then you do that and you move on. Mm-hmm. And you'll learn what it feels like to rest in the Lord, what it what that can do for you. And then you'll want to invite him into the daily activities. You'll want to invite him into the walks or the jobs yeah. or the meals. Like cooking can be resting, mm-hmm. you know, anything really. And, and, and it just becomes a way to um, kind of, make your life full of God, I guess. I don't know if there's a better Well, it'll become that. a habit. Exactly. Um, and just like, you know, now that you've, for example, become married, um, mm-hmm. having your spouse by your side is basically like not even a second thought. Like mm-hmm. it's just kind of natural to exactly. you. And so maybe it's a little bit similar to that. Yeah, definitely. So I think that will wrap it up for today. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Well, I appreciate you guys listening to my, uh, <laughs> my sob party for myself kind of thing. Uh, but again, hopefully it was a helpful uh, few tips and, and a helpful discussion about, you know, resting. And we'll pray for you guys uh, just that, you know, you'll be able to find that balance for yourselves. You know, even if you don't have it now, there will definitely be times in, in your life where that, that might become a struggle for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally will ask for, for your prayers. Um, certainly, I'm sure Andrew... I would like them as well. So um, thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys didn't miss us too much on on YouTube and miss seeing our faces. Um, But we have a week left uh, of Lent um, and then our Lord will be risen uh, soon. So exciting times. And uh, we'll hear from you guys next time. Or you'll hear from us at least. Yeah. Yeah. Hope everyone uh, has a great uh, Holy Week. And if we don't see you until after that, have a great Easter season.